Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. And we got a fun show coming up for you. Uh, first off, an e-girl has infamously attacked her own viewers for, I guess, not giving her enough donations. She's apologized since then, but we're going to be looking at that. Then this Earth Day environmentalist took to social media to pretty much sing the praises of the pandemic lockdown we're in the middle of, which is a strange reaction to this huge loss of human life and also economic input or output that we're having. Then we have a rather spicy segment about how I am not a fascist. Stay tuned to learn more. And finally, there's a new Netflix show that some, and by some I mean Twitter, are saying is not woke enough. Just just can't win with these people. So it's it's going to be a good time. We're happy to have you here. Before we get into it, though, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Brickhouse Nutrition. With all the talk about the Rona, people have stopped talking about the flu, but it's still a huge problem. It's killed 16,000 and hospitalized over a quarter million in the U.S. already, and the season isn't even over. One of the best ways to avoid getting sick is a healthy immune system, which is why you should fortify your body every day with Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. One Scoop has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables, which boosts boosts energy and supports a healthy immune system. Doctors agree a diet of fruits and vegetables can reduce your risk of heart disease, plus Field of Greens is prebiotic, probiotic, and a great source of vitamins, fiber, and other nutrients. Just put one scoop in a glass of water, stir, and you are done. Right now, save 15% off your first order with the offer code Lauren at BrickHouseLauren.com, BrickHouseLauren.com, plus subscribe today and save an extra 10% every single month. This virus season, turn your immune system into a brick house with Field of Greens. Again, that's BrickHouseLauren.com. BrickHouseLauren.com, and this is an especially cool product since right now everyone's at home, and personally, I thought I would be eating better. No, eating actually much, much worse. So uh, if you're anything like me, this might be a good way to just ensure you're getting all of your nutrients um, in this time when you may or may not be eating your feelings. I'm not here to judge. Yeah, for sure. They also have a whole bunch of other uh, supplements too. Creatine, I think I mm-hmm. saw, and a whole bunch of other things. You should definitely check them out. Yeah, for sure. And it's a great way to support the show while keeping healthy. Uh, so the issue of simping, of course, one we've covered before. Mm. Uh, now, though, we're talking about an issue of men not forking over their money, or at least not enough, according to this one e-girl. Uh, there's this one streamer. I'd never heard of her before. Invader V, Invader Vi? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was Invader Vi, but I've heard a lot of people saying otherwise. Yeah, Invader the quartering. V. Jeremy, he says yeah. Invader V, and he, I guess, is more inclined to know what's going on with Twitch than I am. Uh, who knows? Know. Anyways, this po- she's a big streamer, though. Like, she's like top 1,000, yeah. or was top 1,000 as this was happening. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I had heard of her before, but uh, yeah, I've, I've never actually watched her channel. And She's I, pretty I big, wouldn't. though. <laughs> yes. Um, so she's kind of gone viral because there are clips going around where she seems to pretty much be shaming her viewers who don't uh, subscribe to her channel. And I think on Twitch, the way it works, if, if you can subscribe to someone, you support them. It's almost like YouTube and Patreon combined. So it seems like from this clip that she's shaming them for not doing that enough, and we have that here. It doesn't really matter how much money you make or how much money you have. That's really the thing, because I'm not asking you for a large financial contribution. If it costs $20 to sub, $20 is quite a bit of money. $20 is you can get a full meal for $20, and the difference of $20 and eating a meal is in that $20, like that's where it is. But a sub is $5 at maximum, in whatever your currency is, it's maybe $10. And it doesn't matter how broke you are. If you have time to watch Twitch, you have you have $10, truly. If you 
don't have $10, you probably don't have time to watch Twitch because you should be working. You should be trying to earn money. Uh, it's not a ton. It's not like a ton of money. So being like, I'm broke, I can't afford to sub, it, that doesn't really track. What you mean to say is, I'm so irresponsible with my money, I can't support the entertainment that I enjoy. <laughs> mm -hmm. That giggle at the end, a little, little bit condescending. So predictably, yes. people didn't like that. Um, yes. There was a little bit of backlash. There are many things that I wanna say to this. First, uh, if you can't imagine not being able to spend $5 on something, I, that's great for you. Like, I think that's a that's a privilege to be able to say that, but clearly there are people for whom $5 can make a huge difference, especially if yes. you're saying you're, you keep on spending that $5, that $5 will add up over of a course. month to a lot more than $5. And of course, the easy point to make is right now of all times. Exactly. $5 is a lot of money given the current situation, right? Yeah, because like if you're eating at home and cooking for yourself, $5 is a meal. Like she referenced $20, that's for like sure. an eat out meal. $5 is a stay at home meal, which if you're, you know, not doing that great financially is probably what you're going to be doing. So, and it's just the idea that like, if you are working a minimum wage job, let's say 12 hour days or even longer, like, are you not allowed to sit at home and want to watch entertainment. Like, no, you need to keep on working unless you ha have that extra $5. It's just a very, it's a very mm. strange thing to say. Uh, it, was, it was full ANCAP mode, by the way. That's what I thought was funny. It was like, it was almost like I was watching Stefan Molina talk about like money management for a second there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Just I, where, put yourself up by the bootstraps to the extreme. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but like, I do wanna say, I think it's great when people support the content they enjoy and hopefully you should be supporting the content uh, that you enjoy. But I, I think there's a there's an important note here that donating financially is not the only way to support the content that you enjoy, right? And of course not. We, we, we really appreciate anyone who subs to Blaze for us. That's amazing, helps us keep the light on. But if you're not able to, the best way to support the creator you you watch it's it's still possible by sharing liking commenting yeah. subscribing all of those are I mean, still helpful yeah you could buy products from the advertisers we have too exactly which helps a lot but but even just being a viewer especially on a platform like still twitch is still helpful i mean yeah. you get ad revenue for every viewer you get mm -hmm. so every one of you is valuable to us yeah and and twitch is the same thing there are ads on twitch um, in addition, the more people that are watching your show concurrently puts you higher uh, in the priorities of, of live streams, puts you higher on the web page. Yeah. Um, so it also, if you're a viewer of a channel regularly, you're more likely to tell your friends to, mm. to, to check out that channel. I mean, yeah. maybe not that channel because you'd probably be ashamed <laughs> if you were caught watching it. But Yeah, well, um, she, I mean, she, she just makes it seem like unless you give her that $5 a month, you're freeloading off of her content, kind of, which is yes. not at all fair. Um, and we've just seen this next clip as well. It's strange. She kind of seems to resent her viewers. Take a look at this. Oh my. So here we have some excellent 300 IQ comments from the peanut gallery. This conversation sucks. This is weird. Yikes. These are exquisite contributions to a very good conversation. And these people in chat who are making these comments do not appear as immature, childish cheapskapes whatsoever. <laughs> They're just sitting here masturbating as hard as they possibly can, as quietly as they can, because their parents are in the next room talking about how disappointed they are in them. And they're like, why would I ever pay for this when this is giving it away for free? <laughs> you're right, buddy, you're right. Yikes. Yeah, honestly, Yikes. she's she's some kind of like devil. 
I think. And that clip, right? Like when she starts smiling and giggling in between insults. Yeah, that the, that giggling and smiling was off-putting. I was uncomfortable. Uh, but you could just imagine like some poor guy is going to be in a relationship with her. And I know that every man that's in a relationship kind of relate to this to some degree. Not you though. Is, I would never. I'm no, I, you wouldn't. I, but she, you could just imagine you get in an argument and then you get that giggle and that smile in between shots. <laughs> I could feel my blood pressure raising as she was doing that. This wasn't even to me, yeah. but I was like, oh my God, whoever gets stuck with that woman is in trouble. Yeah. You know, that's that's a rough one. I mean, but it's it's sad because she clearly doesn't think very highly of the guys who are watching her. I mean, no. it's just, if it bothers you that much too, and you're that afraid of people mooching off of your content, just start an OnlyFans, you know, put your stuff behind the paywall, goodness. There's um, also some some weird kind of, it's a really weird situation because she's implying that People are using her channel for sexual gratification. Yeah, I know. That's, that's and she's, what's weird. She doesn't... She's the subject of it, too. She sees herself very highly in this regard, too, right? Like, uh, yeah. So it's it's a, it's definitely a weird thing, I would say. And Well, she, yeah, she's not chat... thinking very highly of her. Like, she's yeah. just, yeah, like, you're just watching me in your parents' bedroom to get yourself off. It's, yeah. It's a strange relationship to have with your audience. And uh... The chat, though, what was, what was, some other YouTubers have pointed this out, and they said it was disgusting because a lot of the chat was actually on her side there. Mm. It was like, bro. That's pretty hard uh, sipping, yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Um, but uh, there's another clip that I've seen being pushed, passed around, and this one is it's not really to do with her shaming her audience in any way. It's just kind of her, I don't know, kind of putting it front and center that she's into her audience for their money specifically. She talks about kind of like Google stalking her donors and looking into their like career pages, her, their LinkedIn pages, it's it's kind of strange. What's your audience's average age? Oh, I have no idea. Um, I only really like, keep track of the people who support me. And the people who support me are usually um, men in relationships or actively dating between the ages of, I think 25 to maybe 42. Mm -hmm. They usually work in tech. Um, a lot of engineers are in here right now. It's really crazy. The other day when we were talking about um, like what we all do for a living. Oh no, so when you guys um, don't know to me, uh, it tells me your name that is attached to your PayPal. And if your name is attached to your PayPal and you don't know to me, I look you up on Google. I Google each and every one of your names and I creep your LinkedIn's. <laughs> A lot of engineers. It's the giggle. The giggle gets me. It's it's weird. It's it's strange. Um, but yeah, I'm getting like mega hypergamy vibes from this, which that's, is like, yeah. but that's, I, I'm like, I totally think you should be able to have whatever standards you want when you're dating, whether that's financial looks, whatever, date whoever you want. Um, but it's weird to apply those standards to your audience who you are not dating. Yeah, well, I think she's trying to determine what her social value is, right? It's definitely, yeah. you could tell that she enjoys the fact that there are some um, successful people that are that are creeping on her, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were other YouTubers that were suggesting that this might be like a theoretical blackmailing waiting to happen where she's... Oh, I hadn't you, thought of that. You know, um, that was the angle they were approaching that from. I definitely saw it more the way you were seeing it from yeah. where it's like, it's a hypergamy thing. I don't think she's talking about like... I'm oh, you're in a relationship. I'm going to contact your wife yeah. uh, if you don't keep donating or something like that. I definitely thought it was a, a self-gratification from her part. You could tell she seems to really enjoy the fact that engineers 
are doing their thing there. Yeah, and I guess maybe trying to see what the pricing can potentially be, how much extra money these guys have, you know, mm-hmm. what their seniority is at their job. It's just, it's, it's very, very strange. And um, so predictably, like I said, people were not reacting very well to this. And since this has kind of been circulating, her numbers, if you look at her social blade, which kind of, it, it's a site that keeps track of um, people's followings on social media. Her following has kind of taken a hit since uh, this all began coming out. She lost like 87,000 followers at one point. She's Which is st- which was almost a third of her total follower, yeah. by the way. Um, she's starting to regain some now, though. Uh, like she's, she's once again, I think, in the green. And yeah. uh, now... She's actually come out and apologized in what kind of looks like a damage control move. And again, we have that clip here. Hi, you're here right now because you've seen a clip of me and you're very angry about what I said in that clip. And you're justified in your anger. What I said was tone deaf, insensitive and stupid. And I recognize that. I recognize that there is no context that I can give that would excuse what I said, so I won't. I can only own what I said, and I will. The clip that you saw does not represent my true feelings. I've streamed for hundreds of hours, and I've said, support communities after you support yourself first. Subscribe if you have the disposable income to do so. But in that clip, I expressed opinions that I do not hold at all. I said things that I don't mean, and they were vile. I recognize that. What I said was wrong in any context, but especially in the context of a global pandemic. It was very callous and inappropriate. I know that you've lost jobs. I know that you're afraid for your own security, and I know that what I said was incredibly hurtful and wrong. And I take responsibility for it, I can't really speak to her motives behind her speech. That's not something yeah. in the business of doing. But I thought that what she said was good, right? Yeah. She just um, kind of owned up, didn't try to make excuses. Yeah. It wasn't one of those fake apologies where it was like, you know, making excuses, justifying your actions, um, half apologizing, but really it's the other person's fault. This was really like the buck stops here. I said something that I shouldn't have said, and I don't actually believe those views. I don't know if that's true, uh, that last part, but I, again, I don't want to speculate into Yeah, especially moments. like as someone who, I don't watch her content, so it's not like I have anything to base this off of. Like, I don't know her personality. No. Um, and I think it's it's a good thing that she apologized. Like, the reason why I wanted to talk about this, because obviously we've talked about simping in the past, um, there are a lot of female creators online who are passionate about what they do. Like, they're passionate about gaming, they're passionate about cosplay, uh, whatever it may be. It's, it would be unfair to say that every female creator online is an e-girl or just in it for the money. But at the same time, I think there are definitely some who are just kind of in it for the money. Maybe they don't particularly right. care about games or cosplays or whatever it is, and they're doing it for, you know, money that comes from male attention. And again, I'm not going to say that this, it's actually, it applies to her, but based on this behavior which again i don't know the rest of her thing or like the rest of her content kind of seems like that's what it is um she's a clearly gorgeous girl so i think she's Mm -hmm. gonna do just fine like there's gonna be people who watch her content again yeah i mean there's one thing that i do sympathize with her for and that is um if she doesn't espouse those views and she did say something stupid i get that you know because she's on camera for like x amount of hours per week that's just just having a conversation um think of 
like I, for one, have an absurd sense of humor. Like I, I go way over the top with a lot of people. I think it's funny. It's yeah. immature a lot of the times. Um, it's half the reason why I try not to talk as much as I, I, I can on this podcast. Um, because I say things that are, you know, just over the top and they don't really represent my views, but they're funny in my opinion. Um, and so I'm sure there's a lot of ways that if you speak online and this happens to everybody for hours and hours, all you got to do is slip up once and all of a sudden yeah, you're a transphobe or whatever yeah, it is, that's, right? Like, yeah, that, that's fair. And that's why, like, I don't, I'm not advocating canceling her. Um, and if you yeah. are someone who watches her content and, you know, you think like, yeah, that what she said that one time that doesn't actually represent her views, then absolutely keep, keep watching it. Because I, I, that is something that I'm sympathetic to. I know that like, there are radio people who do like three hour shows a day. I think yep. there are streamers like that. Um, um, I can imagine you could maybe have a bad day or something and you say something you don't mean in the heat of the moment or whatever. You don't express yourself well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, I, I don't have any issue with her continuing on. Wish her the best. Um, I will say use a different PayPal account if you're donating. <laughs> that's to true. Her. I'll also say that the subscribers that she has gained in the past few days after this yeah. before the apology those are loyal simps, right? They're ones that watch the crap clips and they're like, they're I'm still, doing yes. it anyways. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> so she just got some, yeah, she lost 87,000 of the less loyal simps, but she gained like this this 2,000 man yeah. cult following that she will have until the day she dies. And so I don't know, maybe it's a worthy trade. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out, yeah. But anyway, I, you know, I don't want to cancel her or anything like that. So if you enjoy her content, keep doing it. Uh, next up, we have... Earth Day. Did you guys know it was Earth Day? Uh, if you're watching this Thursday yesterday, probably not, but we're going to be talking about that first, though. I have a message from Bambi. When you're running a business, HR issues can kill you. As someone who used to do HR stuff before I went into, like, commentary, I know that for a fact, wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor, labor regulations, the list goes on, and HR manager salaries aren't cheap. They average about $70,000 a year. But Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, -E, was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just starting at $99 per month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, -day, all just starting at $99 per month, month-to-month, -month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. You did not start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. It's not the most interesting thing in the world, I know for a fact. So let Bambi help you get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash Chen right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Chen spelled B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Chen. So uh, yeah, Earth Day was apparently yesterday and uh, it's, it's supposed to be a time when we all reflect on how much we appreciate the earth and nature and when we hopefully commit to doing our part to keep the planet clean, you know, air, water, sure. all that. Uh, I love nature. I want clean air. I want clean water. So uh, I also hate waste. I don't have a problem with the concept of Earth Day. I'm actually kind of on board with it. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you've been keeping up with environmentalism as a concept on this show, uh, you'll know that the urgency and severity that environmentalists uh, are pushing the message of keep the planet clean. Uh, it's getting more and more panicked, kind of more and more extreme. And actually, uh, one organization for Earth Day put out this climate change awareness PSA featuring a family eating in a burning house to illustrate how urgent climate change is. And we have a clip for that here. It's, it's, it's very urgent. 
Wake up, honey. I don't think this is especially useful activism. I mean, we see environmentalism becoming increasingly dogmatic and this type of thing just contributes to that. Um, I think it, if you are an environmentalist, you, environmentalist and you want change, I think being solutions focused um, yes. is much more useful and it helps to keep people out of that pit of despair where they, they want pretty much humanity to die off because they think it's hopeless and that we're just killing everything. So, I mean, I I understand these people want action now. I don't think this is the best way to do it. Um, you know, why not, instead of this, highlight cool initiatives that people can take in their day-to-day -day lives that's sure. actionable instead of just like, here's this to freak you out. I think that'd be a lot more productive. Um, but doomsday rhetoric aside with this whole, almost it's almost anti-human and anti-capitalist a push that they're putting into the environmentalist movement. Um, yeah. Earth Day had an especially weird angle to it this year. Uh, we are in the midst of a global pandemic, and we covered this as well in a previous episode, but some people are actually using the shutdown that has resulted from said pandemic pandemic to say, uh, yeah, what we're doing right now, i.e. locked in our houses, producing nothing, that's actually better for the Earth so let's just, let's stay like this. Let's stay like this forever. Um, it should come as no surprise that Miss Greta Thunberg is, is one of such people. Here we have the story from Reuters. Dramatic improvements in air and water quality as the virus lockdowns have cut pollution have prompted calls for a low carbon future, but the need to get millions back to work is clouding the environmental picture. I love how they phrase that. Like the need for work is clouding environmentalism. Like this should be the main goal that stupid people wanting to get back to work is what's detracting from it. And they continue with economies around the world shut down, wildlife has returned to city streets with wolves, deer, and kangaroos spotted on thoroughfares, usually teeming with traffic. Fish have been seen in Venice canals, no longer polluted by motorboats, while residents of some Indian cities have reported seeing the Himalayas for the first time in decades. See, we are the virus. Humans are the virus, is what they're trying to say. Mm -hmm. Satellite imagery has shown significant air quality improvements across Europe and Asia, including China, where the virus emerged. Some residents, though, say China's in China's most smog-prone cities say they fear blue skies would not last as the world's second biggest economy gets back to work. Thunberg, taking part in a streamed event to mark Earth Day, said action to tackle the pandemic did not mean the climate crisis had gone away. We need to tackle two crises at once, she said. Whether we like it or not, the world has changed. It looks completely different from how it did a few months ago, and it will probably not look the same again, and we're going to have to choose a new way forward, the teenager said. A new way forward, that just sounds very... I don't know. I don't like the way that sounds. It sounds strange. Uh, and she's actually surprisingly not the most extreme voice in this whole conversation. Uh, there is a certain verified eco-socialist. Uh, that's his his branding on his own bio. That's not me trying to label him that. He's a self-proclaimed eco-socialist. Uh, I saw one of his tweets going around in response to a CBC News alert saying that the pandemic is expected to drive down carbon dioxide emissions by 6% this year. Eric Holthouse... I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. He said, this is roughly the same pace that the IPCC says we need to sustain every year until 2030 to be on pace to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius and hit the Paris climate goals. This is what rapid, far-reaching, and unprecedented challenges in all aspects of society looks like. He continues, we're doing it. It's possible. We need to take some serious time and energy during this pandemic to look around and see what parts of this new way of living we can keep and what parts we can't. There is a balance, we'll find it. I appreciate 
that he says that, but then he continues, that's the whole point of a Green New Deal. We need a just transition for workers and those who have been marginalized by the excesses of the capitalist system that got us into this mess. We can build a better world for everyone out of the ashes of the old one. So to clarify there, um, we will, with this whole, I guess, shutdown thing, just be meeting the the decrease in carbon dioxide emissions carbon dioxide emissions that we'll need to do apparently every year maybe the middle ground is we just get rid of a whole bunch of people <laughs> yeah i mean that's um they're not that far from the whole thanos snap right right exactly. um this is not we can't what this has been disastrous for so yeah. many people but i think in a way it this is useful because it, it kind of contextualizes how much of a change these people are pushing for, right? These people mm. aren't just happy with uh, changing to energy efficient bulbs or you know telecommuting more, which I think we should be doing anyway because it saves on a whole bunch of things. But this is huge change, society changes, societal changes that will result in a lot of lot of problems. And yeah. uh, I feel like even though these people may be driven by good intentions, they're I don't know their priorities are very misplaced and they're kind of naive about what what actually feeds people. For sure. And, I, and I'm, I'm definitely glad that there's a silver lining, at least to this whole economic downturn that we're having. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm happy to hear that the that nature is getting a little bit of a break from uh, our pollution, which is great. You know, I'm definitely for having a cleaner environment. But I think that we have to look, instead of limiting the amount of human activity that we're doing to this degree, which is obviously unsustainable if we yeah. want people to live. Which um, I do. Call which, me crazy. Yes. Um, but we need to look at, you know, solutions that are uh, tech-based or whatever. We need to develop industries uh, mm -hmm. that support a cleaner environment, not not limit what we already have. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not against environmentalism as a principle, but when you start acting like we need to be willing to put human lives at risk or human progress at risk to save the planet uh, because of predictions that, by the way, have proven unreliable, like, that's just not going to work. People are not going to support that. Um, these people are acting like we're polluting just because we want to, as if we could, there would be an easy way for us to just stop. We, we're just choosing not to. That's not how it works, right? We need industry. We need we need fossil fuels for the time being. Maybe it won't always be like that. Uh, and I'm not saying we can't be smarter with our manufacturing practices to be less wasteful. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, not saying we shouldn't be investing in things like nuclear, which I'm a huge advocate of. For sure. uh, you know, there are definitely things we can be, can be doing better. But when you when you hold this kind of global stop to all progress and this thing where millions of people have lost their jobs and say like, yeah, we just need to do more stuff like this. Eh, I, I don't know about that. And um, we actually also saw this cheering for enterprise being shut down recently from AOC as well. So there's this whole crazy situation happening with oil. And uh, in response to I guess, a tweet, a post about oil dropping, AOC tweeted, you absolutely love to see it. This along with record low interest rates mean it's the right time for a worker-led mass investment in green infrastructure to save our planet. Cough. She deleted this tweet because as people quickly pointed out, you may not like the fossil fuel industry, but that's those are jobs for people, right? Lots I, of jobs. Lots and lots of jobs. So it's like, you can have your your green vision that's great but don't forget that there are real humans out there that are depending on the systems you're trying to tear down and actually we're 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 seeing this especially uh, in the third world or in developing countries right now you're not supposed to say third world i know um this from CNN. Apparently, the pandemic is going to cause global famines of biblical proportions, the UN warns, because we keep seeing this from people. We're just putting the economy and capitalism ahead of the environment and stuff. Sure. It's like, no, actually, we need 
We need this to survive. The article reads, The world is facing multiple famines of biblical proportions in just a matter of months. The UN has said, warning, that the pandemic will push an additional 130 million to the brink of starvation. Famines could take hold in about three dozen countries. In a worst-case scenario, the executive director of the World Food Program said in a stark address on Tuesday. He cited conflict, an economic recession, a decline in aid, and a collapse in oil pri prices as factors likely to lead to vast food shortages and ur urge swift action to avert disaster. So that's the thing. Like, it's all connected, right? For People sure. going to work, um, being able to spend money on things like aid, um, buying food from people who need that money to buy their own food. This is all connected. You can't say that there's no human cost to the economy because there absolutely is. And, uh, you know, so on this Earth Day, my hope is that I guess we can start bringing the conversation surrounding the climate and environmentalism back to a more sane space where it's not just, I guess, hyperbole, we need to tear down the system, uh, you know, humans are the virus, that kind of thing. That's not how you make people want to take action. Right. I mean, for me, one big thing that I, I don't like that we that are not in the progressive left do is I feel like we're a little bit reactionary. And in, in this regard, where it's like, um, because they have co-opted the environmentalist movement, mm -hmm. There's this kind of belief that some people hold that it's like, oh, to hell with the environment, to hell with yeah, environmentalism. Yeah, that is true. I don't think that's the healthy approach. I think that we should all be trying to limit our, our, our the amount that we pollute. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would like to see us not react like, a, you know, too reactionarily, I guess. That's, yeah, a, it's, that's a poor wording of it all. But, but no, it's, it's true. Like not every environmentalist initiative is an effort to insert socialism yeah exactly right? no so. exactly a lot of it can be done through capitalism mm -hmm. right and we should be encouraging those kinds of means we i would love to see us looking into thorium um nuclear reactors for example right. and and another thing that i actually uh, posted on social media about is you know there are there are NGOs, uh, you know, charities that actually are working on things like ocean cleanup to get to take yes. plastic out of the ocean. Um, you know, you don't have to buy into the idea of man-made climate change to realize, hey, we probably shouldn't be just littering plastic in the ocean. Like, that's not good for anyone. So no. I think there should be some some initiatives we, we are all able to get behind. And it's it's frustrating that because this has become so politicized is actually, I think, hampering yes. a lot of efforts. And, and whether or not you believe that our activities are the cause of global warming or not, you could still see that we pollute regardless. Yeah, and that's, right? that's like, my we position. We definitely do pollute things and we definitely do harm wildlife when we do that. Yeah. And when we harm wildlife and ecosystems as a whole, uh, that's going to that's gonna haunt us in the long run. And yeah. I, so I think there's an, uh, there's an actual economic reason to not be polluting, mm -hmm. right? Because that will hurt us. That is my position. Like, I, I'm not a climate scientist. I don't know about that. But I do know that yeah, seeing trash everywhere in oceans and things like that's not good. So that's kind of where right. I want to focus on and just being less wasteful because I think we definitely could be. And it's more economic to use less product, right? This doesn't need to be some hippie communist thing. Hopefully sure. we, we can all embrace the idea of a clean earth and not use socialism or anti-human policies to get there. That would be amazing. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking about some YouTube drama, unfortunately. We, we try to stay away from that, but yeah, we sometimes... Really did in this case, too. Yeah, sometimes you just, you just got to address it first, though. I want to tell you guys about Ashford University. 
While you're spending time at home, which a lot of us are doing right now, don't just think about your future. Do something about it. Get a degree from Ashford University that can help you have a brighter future. Ashford University's online bachelor's and master's degree programs allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule. At Ashford, expert faculty teaches you real-world skills from real-world experiences from the comfort of your own home in online classes built for life's twists and turns. You can pursue a degree to help you have a brighter future in one of Ashford's 60-plus programs like business and administration, healthcare administration, and psychology. With 24-7 access to your classroom, daily support, and financial aid available, Ashford gives you the tools you need to keep climbing. You're made for moments like these because you're hashtag tenacity made just like Ashford. Education is personal at Ashford University. Your success is their success. There is no fee to apply or standardized testing required to enroll. So do it today. Go to ashford.edu slash Lauren. That's ashford.edu slash Lauren. Again, ashford.edu slash Lauren. Not all programs are available in all states though. So just be aware of that, but definitely check them out. So uh, now we're going to be dispelling some... I mean, I would love to say misconceptions about me, but they might also just be straight up lies. Like depending on motive, which I try not to, I guess, assume on behalf of other people too much. But unlike, to me, this unlike seems... the the opposite in this situation. Right. To me, just this just doesn't seem very uh, very genuine. So um, I try on this show to not make episodes or segments about me. Like I am not the news here. Like I comment. On news right. and I think you that's more interesting for you guys anyway I don't think you're that invested in my personal life but um recently Hunter Avalone who is a youtuber and commentator uh, we've had him on the show we have had him on the show um he started around well actually I don't know when he started but around four or so years ago he identified as conservative uh, over the past little bit he's been drifting away from that if you watch his content you'll you'll have seen that and he he recently made a video saying he was leaving the right there is absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. People's opinions change and evolve yeah. over, over time, especially um, when you were as young as Hunter was when you started kind of talking about these issues. It's very mm. normal for your opinions to not be the same at, I don't know, like 23, 24 as they were at 19. That's completely sure. normal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, ideologies aren't cults, or at least they shouldn't be. You are free to leave, grow into your own beliefs at any time, however you want, of course. I'm, I'm happy if someone is open to new ideas as a whole, right? Right. I don't like just defending my position because it's the position I ought to hold. I, I right. would like to pursue the truth. Um, and that's definitely the way that Hunter has... Um, said he's going about things. Right, and I think that's, that's great. And I'm always someone who said... Um, it's okay if people's beliefs change, they should. And also you don't have to have the same opinions as all your friends or the people you watch and you shouldn't, right? So no no problem with that. The, the Hunter's political beliefs are not the subject of this segment at all. Instead, what I wanna talk about are some allegations he has made uh, concerning me being a, a fascist. And he, he was unsure apparently if I was a neo-Nazi. Um, we have a clip here. For me, that's... That's the saddest one, because as I've become more like a to recognizing a lot of the talking points that people who hold more radical positions use, mm -hmm. um, I've definitely realized that a lot of people who like I used to associate with are like really gross. And for me, uh, no, bull 
I'll be honest, that was the toughest one for me to, for this, the hardest pill for me to swallow because some of these other people, like, I don't know, I don't really know if Roaming Millennial or Lauren Chen is like a neo-Nazi or if she's like, I think she's Roman, I think she's a fascist. I don't think she's bitten down on the JQ uh, just yet. I like how the other guy is the guy who has to say like, no, no, she's not like an actual Nazi. She's just a fascist. So I, I yeah. appreciate that. And for those of you that don't know what the JQ is, it's the Jewish question. Yeah. Right. So it has to do with anti-Semitism. Right. Um, so I hear allegations like this and people like he didn't call you a Nazi. Like, well, he said he wasn't sure. He brought me up specifically to say that he didn't know whether I was a neo-Nazi. Um, and there's another clip going around where he calls me a fascist. So yeah. I hear these allegations every now and then that I'm some far right extremist. And frankly, they're so ridiculous. I don't even bother to address them because it's like it's it's craziness. What and, and who they're from, you know, typically they're not people that are intellectually honest. Like someone like the guy who Hunter's speaking to there is, is his name is Vosh, and he's a he's a far left commentator, and he tends to cat categorize a lot of people into these extreme categories. It's well, not yeah, we he wouldn't just called me a fascist. Normally. Yes, and 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 honestly, when I first brought this up to Lauren, we decided that we would not cover this just yeah. based on this clip. Because I was like, I this. What do you want me to say? Like, it was so ridiculous. Um, but what makes this case different, though, um, since that clip has come out, Hunter has gone on to call me a fascist. He's, I think he's saying now that he doesn't think I'm a neo-Nazi, just a fascist. Look, I've known Hunter pretty much since starting my YouTube channel. Uh, I'm not saying that we were ever besties, like super, super close. But no. I mean, I've known him for like four years almost at this point. Um, He's like way back when he streamed on my channel, I've streamed on his channel, we've done events together. I think my first ever like in-person event doing commentary was uh, in El Paso, that one. And he was there mm -hmm. too. Um, we were both at MythCon 4, mine's IRL. We've met him several times. Yep. I've interviewed him back when the show was uncensored. As, again, on multiple occasions, Hunter has kind of asked if I would, if we would put in a word for him yep. at, with the blaze. You know, he directly asked he, me he, yes. if, 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 yeah, we could get him started up with the blaze. Which we tried Which, to, by the way. And that was as recent as um, like the eight fall. Like eight months ago. Like, yeah, eight months ago, less than a year. Yeah. Um, not only that, but I mean, like uh, we met his, we met his, uh, that time was it fiance or wife? I'm, I'm not sure. But yeah, um, we but met his, his Lauren was holding his partner, kid. Yeah, like, I was holding Rose and everything. Um. Hunter can have whatever political views he wants. And by the way, we did put in a word for him at The Blaze. We did. I did several times. <clears throat> yeah. You were there. You know that I did. Yes. Um, Hunter can have whatever political views he wants. That's not a problem. I don't begrudge him any political journey that he's on at all. What I take issue with are these statements, which I think he should absolutely know better than to do. I don't believe that he thinks I'm a fascist. Like, I no. just, I don't believe that. I'm no. sorry. Um, Hunter is the type of person who starts drama for views. I, I don't feel bad saying that because you look at his channel and you know that. In person, he has talked explicitly about wanting to start beef with Blair White for views in Milwaukee. Um, mm. He's tried to do this several times. She's been smart enough to not take the bait. Uh, I wish I could say the same for myself, but considering that I'm now a person who has tried to get a job for someone who is calling me a fascist, I feel kind of stupid. So I, I, I did want to kind of just yeah. come in and clear the air. And not only that, but the nature of the accusations are... are it's a, yeah. it's it's slanderous, frankly. They're 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 damaging, right? right. This is something that is um, potentially damaging to any sort of employment in the future, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that um, it in some some regard needs to be addressed just because of of who he is and the, and the type of extreme 
comments that he's making. Yeah, and then just just for reference, he's also calling people like Sargon of Akkad or Carl Benjamin white nationalists, which if you watch if you watch Sargon, you know Sargon is not a white nationalist. Um, but there's this one, his wife also, again, who I've met, held their baby. Uh, she's sharing a video that totally quote minds me. And I, I just want to like take some time to address how slimy these allegations are and completely just inaccurate because baseless. it's baseless. Exactly. So uh, here's this first part. I'm not an ethno-nationalist and the, the dangers of, you know, population replacement, I do believe that that is still a danger even when talking about high IQ immigrants. And I I do believe that, you know, if we were to just open up the United States even to large numbers of skilled immigrants from, let's say, India and China, that, you know, there, there would be potential danger to American culture. Okay, so for those who haven't been following me for a while, this that clip was like from three or something years ago. This is a, a clip from a debate I had with an actual ethno-nationalist who I was trying to, I guess, debunk or debate, I was on the opposing side. Um, mm -hmm. So I like that it does at least include the I am not a national, I am not an ethno-nationalist part. Um, this is what they're using to call me a, a white nationalist. It is not a secret that I am not for mass migration, even legal mass migration. I, I talk about this on the show all the time. And it, it is a documented fact, even among left-wing outlets, that demographics are changing and it's not a racial thing but Absolutely. if you if you look at a city like toronto uh what is it, almost like half of the people are now foreign born you right. can't say that that's not going to affect culture and i explicitly reference culture in that clip so people who are calling me racist about this it's like what these are the exact same issues that like mainstream media publications talk about like you know the changing demographics and how things are coming becoming more mixed and it's why am I a racist for talking about this? I don't, it's... I don't understand it. And if you want to argue with someone that's left-wing about it, the point that I bring up is like, just imagine you take a large influx of immigrants from cultures that are not as accepting of LGBT people right. as we are. Would that change the culture within the country? Would that make things better for LGBT, which is obviously something if you're left-wing, they'll be very happy to support, even most right-wingers. Mm -hmm. But it, it's... Obviously, we can predict that if you... Bring in a large body of people with a different culture. It's into going to a change new culture. your culture. It will change your culture, and that's like this is there not are a that are controversial worth, thing to say. No, of course, and there are things in uh, Canadian and American cultures that we hold to be valuable. Yeah, and that are different right? from other cultures, and that has nothing to do with race or ethnicity. No, right? so no, there, exactly there was nothing not. or or fascism for that matter. Yeah, by the way, I, none of those. Things. I explicitly mention American culture. Like it's not like yes. I'm trying to protect some sort of racial superiority or anything like that. Um, these are concerns that people like. What's that actor that mentioned that London is not an English city anymore? Oh, I forget his name. Yeah, man. but, but there was there was a mainstream to. actor, and it's like, well, when you walk down the street and you're not hearing English anymore, that is different, and it's not a racial thing. So, this, if you want to see my opinions more, I have a ton of videos about immigration. You can watch any of them. I'm not in favor of a race-based immigration system. I'm not even in favor of halting all immigration. So this no. that was just ridiculous. Uh, there's another part, and this this part was my actual, my favorite part of the video. These people are black supremacists. They are racist, and they are way worse than the alt-right ever could be. The alt-right wants white-only countries. These people want a black-only planet. They are so offended by whiteness, they don't even want to share a planet with white people. So. Again, if you watch the show, you'll know that that clip was taken from an episode we did about um, that debate teacher who wanted to, he was arguing 
that white people should be sent to another planet, or it was some of the other a, students. A student was yeah. saying, yeah, a student was saying that because of white people's colonialism and how dangerous they are, we should send them into space. Yeah. Which, by the way, one of the other black students in the class then said, "We shouldn't because we, the- we probably I, I don't know if we could do that because they might colonize other planets in space, and they can't colonization bad. Yeah. So." Question mark. Like, yeah. What do we do with the with white the people? With the white people. So that's what I was responding to. And what bothers me is whoever made this compilation, they know what episode that was from. They know what the context is. And I love how they put, who are these people you're referring to? Obviously, the people who are arguing to send white people off on a spaceship. Like, yeah, what? Like, like, actually implying genocide based on, right. on skin color. And it's like, this is not me defending the alt-right. This is me saying these people are even worse than the alt-right, right. but they're not getting any attention or any criticism. Like, this it's is It's actually using the alt-right as a bar yes. for, for moral depravity. Exactly. And so, like, you, whoever made that video, like, you knew the context. And... I'm just confused by people who see this and they see me talking about sending people to another planet and like you're not confused as to what brought that up like you're just not going to question it Uh, anyway we have one more clip here and it's a super short one this whole idea of different races and cultures living together side by side um it's not really been tried before I'm right I'm right like I'm totally right that's just factual that's and the thing is like I remember that that part i forget what it was exactly in relation to but i was talking about how right now this experiment in multiculturalism it has not been tried before and historically it hasn't been mm-hmm. um we i think it can potentially work if we focuses if we focus on our our unifying factors rather than Absolutely. our like that was my whole point like yes. this can potentially work but we need to be careful so to clip that up and even like even clipped up it's not a racist thing to say like that's i'm all. just right it's just a factual thing yeah so it was just that's a very confusing thing um my views are very very out there i do tons of videos about things like um i don't know immigration racial identitarians and the message is always just treat people equally. Even my position on immigration, I want merit-based immigration. I treat people as individuals, evaluate them for their own skills. Uh, Before we move on, there was one more thing that I wanted to address. There is uh, this tweet that I put out like in 2018 that people, or at least Hunter is using to say that I'm a fascist. And we have it here. And again, this is gonna be an exercise in context matters. And I appreciate all of you guys who have, you know, kind of been saying that when you hear this stuff about me, Um, especially people like Actual Justice Warrior or The Quartering who've kind of stood up for me, which I, it really means a lot, but uh, I wanted to go over this. So in December of 2018, I put out a tweet saying, I'm becoming more authoritarian as I get older, LOL. I don't even describe myself as conservatarian anymore. I'm for small government in terms of economics, but social policy, nah. Okay, so you will notice there that I in no way described myself as fascist, but some of you might be wondering, I wonder what the context was. Um, so I'm actually talking to, you can see here, a libertarian, Petite Nik- Nikoko, Nicolette is her name. Anyway, she had previously said that not all libertarians are for open borders, but I'm sure we agree on more things than disagree. So I'm talking with a libertarian about why I'm not libertarian. So the thing about libertarianism and authoritarianism is that they're polar opposites on the political paradigm. It's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. It's not a binary. Right. It's a spectrum. So there's liberty over here and authority over here. I used to be a libertarian. I've kind of talked a little bit about that. I am not a libertarian anymore. So what that means is I've moved along the spectrum. Incidentally, 
closer to the center. I'm more of a centrist when it comes to that. But still definitely on the liberator side of things anyway. Yeah, still just, on the just liber- not Just not an absolutist. Right, and it, it would be like me saying that because Hunter has left the right, he's now a communist. That's not how political ideologies That's work. Right. And actually, if we go to this t- the, the same tr- thread, someone asked me in response to my tweet, curious as to what you mean by authoritarian social policy. Gee, that's a great question, Josh. Let me... Let me explain. And I said, you have to speak English and have skills to move here. Private religious schools must submit curriculum to review. This was kind of, I was at the time very worried about the uh, Islamic schools, which I still am. I continue subsidies to encourage marriage and child rearing with it. These are all technically policies that go against libertarianism and fall on the authoritarian spectrum. And it's true they do because they require an element of state intervention. Um, So in, you can, you guys, if you want, you can search for that thread and see that the libertarians and I go back and forth a little bit again, because I'm not a libertarian. But none of this means that I'm a fascist, right? None of that means that I'm a fascist. Um, Like I said, Hunter, my political views have evolved too, and I am no longer libertarian, but it's not a binary. Just because I've moved one way, that doesn't mean I'm at the other end of the extreme. Um, Most of you guys, this is all stuff you know. I just wanted to put it out there and... Honestly, like I don't have anything more to say on this subject. No. It's just I mean, an exercise in okay, disappointment. Okay. To okay. me, I mean, first of all, it's disappointing that we have to bring this up, and I'm sad because I don't want to be rewarding Hunter with any sort of views. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that what Hunter has done here is, given the fact that um, Lauren and he, I've met him, tw- I've met him like twice in person. I don't know him. Um, but Lauren and he go back to some degree. There should be some form of humanity he teaches her with, uh, he uh, uh, treats her with. Mm-hmm. I think that this is grifting. I think that it is getting close to slanderous. And um, I think it's just uh, morally repugnant. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I almost didn't want to even include his name in this video just because I don't want to reward yeah. This kind of behavior. It's really disgusting. And I, I really hope that you feel disgusted with yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's always that balance of like, do you want to address these things to kind of put them to rest? But then, yeah. you, you know, stri- like put more attention on it. We've done our best to handle this. Uh, hopefully we haven't bored you guys too much. And I know if you don't watch other YouTube channels that much, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. And for that, I apologize. But next up, uh, we, we turn to Netflix. So there is this new show called Hashtag Black AF on Netflix. And it just came out, I think, recently this past week. And uh, it's created by and starring this producer called Kenya Barris. And if you don't know who he is, he's this person who created the show Blackish and its spinoffs Grownish and Mixedish. So these are all, I think, like sitcoms. And they, they focus on different aspects of the black experience. And that's kind of what he's known for as a creator. So he's like this woke creator and he recently uh, signed this huge deal with Netflix. And as part of the deal, he created the show hashtag black AF for them. Uh, so it's a mockumentary satire, kind of like The Office or Curb Your Enthusiasm. and Or the greatest show of all time, Trailer Park Boys. No, that's where I am. I am ashamed that that is pretty much the most famous Canadian export at this, at this time. Awesome. It's- the true north. It's the true north. It's beautiful. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. Anyway, uh, so Black AF, it stars a satirized version of Barris. So he plays himself. Uh, and there's also a over-exaggerated version. I'm assuming over-exaggerated, I would hope. Uh, version mm. of his family, including his uh, real-life mixed-race biracial wife. So, I mean, hearing about all this, like you have a Black successful creator who makes series about Black characters, Black identity, Black issues. You would think that the Black racial identitarians out there would love this show, they'd be all over it. But it turns out actually, uh, no, a lot of them hate it. Uh, here's a clip of the trailer and I think you'll be able to see why. Oh, 
Whatever question you're asked, the answer is because of slavery. It's my North Star. The chains, the cars. I begged him not to get it. Begged him. She said she begged me? Now, I swear to God, if you don't buy this I'll go somebody with this exact same car. That's how I felt. When you were mixed mother, you were constantly tested on your blackness. Name the Fab Five. Name the Jackson Five. Name all the members of the Wayans family. Do you know? No. Mom, come on. You're the whitest person I know. So as someone who actually did watch several episodes of this show, and I actually incidentally plan on finishing it, it's not that oh, bad. Oh, no. It's not that bad. You would not like it. I'm like, I'm like, like just having to go through those clips is suffering for me. It's not, it's, like, it's kind of funny. I was looking down. It was That's a 30 second clip that we just played, less. Yes. And I was watching the time go by as I was watching the clip. It's so it's, cringeworthy. It's kind of, it's definitely woke. It's, it's absolutely a woke show. But the thing is, and what you can kind of see from this trailer is that it also parodies wokeness, right? Um, so it, it acknowledges racism. It tries to get serious sometimes and talk about racial issues, but it also does things like parody how black people react to the racism. And I think it's kind of funny. It also makes fun of white liberals. For example, uh, in this show, we have another clip here. The context, again, because I watched this, is that uh, Barris, the producer, the main character, the dad, he goes on these rants where he blames everything on slavery and he's really obsessed with race and his whole family just rolls their eyes at it. They're tired of it. He's like the race baiter of the family and it's kind of funny how everyone else is just ignoring him. But in one episode, he and his wife have dinner with a former law school classmate of hers, of the wife, and uh, she passive aggressively doesn't like her at all. So just in the interest of getting back at this classmate she doesn't like, she actually does hop on the, oh, it's because we're black boat, uh, to pretty funny results, I think. She's really grown up. Hey. Look at that hair, purple. <laughs> Joe, you're one of those cool moms, huh? So hip hop, girl. Lit. Liddy. Liddy. <laughs> I'm gonna go. So hip hop, huh? What, what do you mean by that? I just, you know, that she's like super trendy, you know, mm. like Jay-Z or like Cardi B. Oh, I love Cardi B. Oh my God, that song with Maroon 5. You know, so making fun of the like the white liberal, oh, hey, I voted for Obama type of person. And mm. I mean, I think it's funny. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but I really didn't understand the outrage watching it, watching it. And actually the first time I even heard that people were upset about this show, it was when I saw people complaining that Rashida Jones, who is the biracial woman who plays the biracial character based on this real life biracial woman, um, people were saying that she, I guess, isn't black enough. And if, if you're familiar with the actress, she played Karen Filippelli on The Office and Perkins in uh, Parks and Rec. And she's actually, her dad is Quincy Jones, a, a black man. She is biracial, like, you know, she's, she's black. Uh, Twitter, though, and Twitter activists were not as convinced. We have this post here. Rashida Jones has played a white woman her entire career and now is starring in a show called Black AF. Okay, whatever y'all say. I don't think she's played a white woman her whole career, though. I mean, it's like Karen Phil like, you don't know what these characters' racial backgrounds are. Like, how would she be playing a black character in these people's like, She has they... to do all the stereotypes, Lauren. Yeah, she don't has to. Know? People just need to ask her about her blackness. She needs to bring it up a lot. Otherwise... Yeah. You're not actually black. And sometimes she needs to speak, uh, you know, in, in a, a stereotypical, stereotypical yeah, manner. It's just, 
it's so ridiculous because I, I mean, I get stuff like this as well, being like half Chinese, and it's yeah. It, that's why this story kind of resonated with me because I'm like, back off, like don't gatekeep her actual ethnicity. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, this person says, "You were too light for black people, too dark for white people. You were called Oreo for liking anime and Barry Manilow. We get it. How many times are we going to get these storylines about the light skin struggle that lack that lack the nuance of them still being held in higher society?" So here's this person who's just upset about like another light skin black they're, story. They're higher on the societal totem pole to these people, and yeah. therefore we can they be don't let racially them oppressing it. you. Yeah, and it's is what it seems to be. Like, there's a whole term for these types colorism. of people. Uh, yeah, there's colorism. I think that in black culture, they call these people red-boned. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, and and yeah, there's definitely a thing between people that are very melanated, very dark. Yeah. And like someone who's less dark, they feel like they're more privileged. And there's uh, definitely an animosity there. There's a resentment, and it's just, it's frustrating because I mean, here's this actress who's. I mean, literally just playing a role that represents her actual background yeah. and she's getting dragged for it. It's like... Like literally, it's it's literally exactly the demographic for that role. Right, exactly. Right. She's what, half What black. they always argue for, you need a gay person to play a gay person. Accurate representation. A, yeah, accurate representation. It's exactly what they would want there. I think they're, they just seem to be mad in this case that these people exist and have problems. Yeah, I don't know. Another person says, was Rashida black when she was on The Office? I don't remember the interracial couple angle being mentioned much. As if that's the marker of whether she was like, we're yeah. in an interracial relationship. The amount of times we've discussed being in an interracial relationship over like almost four years is, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever even thought of like even yeah. referred to it or anything like that. It doesn't come to my mind. Yeah, because like you just treat each other like people. Like human like, why beings. Is this, yeah. Why is this such a big deal? You know, yeah, race isn't everything. And that's why, that's a big reason why I would never watch. I can't believe you're watching the show. I would never watch I'm, it. I'm, I'm okay. so tired of okay, this stuff. But would, do you want me to watch this or do you want me to watch The Office for the hundredth time? I'd rather you watch The Office until you're drooling out of your mouth from brain damage. I, I, this, this is worse. This is... It's kind of funny. There was nothing I'm not, in I'm there. Not saying, no. Like, okay, it's it's funnier when you actually. Anyway, I'm, <laughs> watch it or not, your choice. We have more posts. Uh, this person says, so before I cave and watch Black AF, can we talk about the lack of dark skinned mamas in sitcoms? To to China Arnold and Cheryl Lee Ralph, I'm just so cultured. Are the only dark women to survive a tenor of their show? Maybe colorism wouldn't be so prevalent if if we didn't only praise Euro features and normalized it. I think that again, this is kind of unfair. This this character is based on an actual person who's actually his wife. So I don't know right. what they want. Wouldn't that be weird, by the way, if you're having someone play your wife that's not your wife? Yeah. And you're like, I just wanted to spice things up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although that is something that I've thought about. Like, if someone were to play you in a movie, who would it be? And would you want them to be less attractive or more attractive than you? Because if they're more attractive, then people who watch the movie will think you're really good looking. But then if they're less attractive, when people see the real you, they're going to be like, oh, you're pretty good looking. Like, they'll be pleasantly surprised. So it's, mm. it's a little dynamic to think of yeah, there. <laughs> I'm a simple man. No one's going to be playing me in any movies. Yeah. So I haven't thought about that. Yeah, you just, you, you're not aiming for the stars here. <laughs> Jessica Alba, if she weren't um, older than me and also the wrong ethnicity, by the way. Um, <laughs> but another, another thing people were complaining about is that uh, apparently some people thought that the show seemingly targeted a white audience instead of a black audience. Mm. I don't know how you can judge that, uh, but this person said, I started Black AF last night. It's clear to me that this is a show about black people for white people. I don't know what that means. Uh, I mean, it's not targeting me. 
I mean, people have said I'm out white too, though. So who knows? But yeah, you're Turkish. That's the I'm apparently Hispanic. You're Turkish. I'm, We're just going based off of what we kind of look like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Rashida Jones is white. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it, it's kind of a fine line, right? Because I would imagine that if this, if they really like embraced all the black stereotypes, like you said, people would also be mad. Yeah. And here we have this show that is created by someone who's kind of like a pillar among black creators right now. He's extremely successful. And even he is being accused of, I don't know. And the show is all about being black. Well, you so can't win. And that's that's one of the reasons why this ideology is just so nonsensical. Like, especially as soon as you start involving people that have mixed origins. Yeah. It's like, the, the, this gets way too of a gray area to even talk about. You know, it's 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 it falls flat on its face. Yeah. It, like, what am I? Am I am I an Irishman? Am I native? Like, what do I consider myself? Yeah, and also... Or am I just what I look like? Which is what so what much of their say, judgments are based off yeah, of. Yeah, but no, they say that if you're white passing, you don't get to have the same experience of POC. If you're ethnic passing, i.e. you're mostly white, but people who look at you might think you're Arab or something, then is it the reverse? Can you be POC passing? Like, I don't know. I don't know. And it's... I mean, I get the same thing, too. Like... Apparently, according to these people, I'm not Chinese enough to talk about being like non-white or non-white issues. But also, mm. anytime like they want to say something ba bad about me, they call me like a race traitor or an Uncle Chan. So it's yes. like and you can't win, and it's just it's this obsession with race these people have. Um, here we have another person. So they're including a, a screenshot of some other sitcoms featuring black families, and they say category is black TV shows that white people can't laugh at because they don't understand the struggles these black characters go through, unlike shows like Blackish and Black AF, which basically mock our own people and writes helpless on our heads. Um, I I don't agree with that. I mean, I haven't seen Blackish, but Black AF doesn't. They're not portrayed as being helpless. This guy is like a multi-millionaire Hollywood producer. His family is extremely privileged. Yeah. Maybe that's why they think it's for white people because these black people, this know. black family is living this very um, affluent lifestyle. I have no idea. But but the thing is, you can't, you can't, we talked about this, but you can't operate as a society this way. You can't be yeah. saying our people and their people. It's like, dude, we're in this together or we're not. Yeah. Right. So that like that whole mentality, I just find incongruous with what America or Canada or any of these countries yeah, should well, be. And uh, that's why that's a huge reason why I hate these types of shows. I hate this type of media. I hate this conversation because if we're going to start talking this way, we might as well just give up. Yeah, it's very it, it, it is very divisive. And I I mean, I feel bad for people like Rashida Jones and all of this. Like, can you imagine having essentially people gatekeep your own ethnicity to you? Yeah, like, that's that's tragic. Yeah. yeah, and there's not really any response she can say that will satisfy these people. And it's kind of like they're judging her, saying you're not dark enough, you can't sit with us, which is, I think there's a word for that. I think there's a word mm. for that. Um, but anyway, I would love to know whether you guys are going to be checking out Black AF. Black AF, I think we know Liam's feelings at this point. He's not into it. Not into it at all. Um, but aside from that, that's pretty much all we have to say for now. Yeah. And as always, thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you next time.